Hello, listeners. Uh, I'm excited. We haven't done just a straight audio episode in a, in a minute. So I'm excited. I have two friends who, for the safety of others, we're going to have remain anonymous, but they have a, a pretty great story. So I'm excited to have E and L. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So the, the whole point of the podcast is to share stories, uh, hopefully help other people feel not so alone and uh, to convey sincerity. And I sincerely enjoy the shit out of these two individuals. So I'm super happy to have you guys here. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. Appreciate We're that. excited too. <laughs> um, so let's start with L. You are of Japanese descent, <laughs> which is fascinating. Very fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so I, yeah, I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit about, so you were, you were born in America mm-hmm. and spent a lot of time in Italy? Yeah. Yeah. As a young child, I did. Um, my mom was born and raised in Italy and ended up coming over to the States for medical purposes. And um, after she met my dad and and had me, um, we would go back quite frequently to visit um, my grandparents and other family members over there. Did other kids recognize that there was anything different about you when you were growing up? Oh, Yeah. A lot of a lot of different things. It was pretty pretty obvious that my parents were from a different country, or that my mom was from a different country. So, what was that like? Like when you would bring friends over, and your you know your folks have an accent and and things like like I'm because the town that I grew up in, there was a lot of really quick like almost like stereotypical judgment. Like those classes, like there's the preppy kids, there's the jocks, there's the, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, did you have that going on when you were growing up too? Yeah. So the city that we live in now is pretty diverse right now. It's been that way for like the past 10 years or so. But before that, when I was younger, um, it wasn't as diverse. And so um, I felt that we went to a, we went to a private school um, and my parents were not, you know, millionaires or had a, a lot of money. So I felt that too, in terms of like class and also just, you know, language and um, materialistic things too. Pretty big. It's pretty obvious, including yeah. um, a lot too with like having friends over to visit, even like snacks, like food that we had in the house. It's very, very, very different. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So even like food wise. So um, I remember like my friends having like fruit roll ups or fruit snacks or um, <laughs> suckers and <laughs> candy and stuff or um, like Pop Tarts were a big thing. And oh. We never, ever had any of that stuff in the house. It was always like mm-hmm. fruit. So even like kids coming over after school to hang out and my mom would get snack ready and it'd be like a little dish of a fruit, like grapes or raspberries or strawberries. And yeah. yeah. And so I felt even then, I remember one time saying to my mom in Italian, like, what is this? We can't have this stuff. You know, this isn't snack. This is what my friends eat. And I still remember like the look on her face. She felt, I think she felt embarrassed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so gnarly. Like, did you feel the need to repress any of that kind of cultural stuff when you were interacting with other kids? No, because I think, I think, I think it would have been different. And in my class, it was relatively small. I had maybe about 25 people and it was very, you know, we all had our little clusters, our own like little groups. And I think it really helped that I had, you know, a friend that was from, you know, parents were from, you know, Korea. I think it helped that I had just that group of friends where we not like, you know, our family didn't come from the States and, you know, we spoke different languages and there was just different culture too in the home. But I, I think, 
I felt it more in materialistic or like class wise. I felt it more financially, but um, I I'd never really. I just kind of rolled with it. I don't know. I didn't. I know it was different for my sisters. I know it's different for my my middle sister, um, in terms of how she responded to my parents, my mom with her accent, but mm. I not so much. I think it really helped that my peers were at a couple good four good friends. And their parents, they were experiencing things, the same things too. And growing up, you you would uh, spend summers in Italy, correct? Yeah, we go back quite frequently in the summers and visit grandparents. And yeah. did you notice a difference in in those kids versus kids in the states? In terms of like going back and visiting, or how yeah, I like, spent my well, summers? I mean, yeah, like the things that we do for fun, and versus like the stuff that you, you can do when you're overseas for fun, and like yeah, that kind of cultural, like we have lunch at noon or does that mm-hmm. make sense? Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think we'll see you in, in Europe though, in the summertime, people go on vacation. Everybody goes to like the seaside or like to the ocean. Um, it, it's common to do that. I don't think I felt that difference until I was older, like in high school. And at that time we weren't going back to Italy as much. Okay. So it, it changed the dynamic in our family. It shifted quite a bit. I think had I had been in that crucial point of development with peers like around 15, 16, 17, and I was going back to Italy for the whole entire summer, I think that would have had a bigger impact on me in terms of, I don't want to do this. I want to stay back with my friends or I want to hang out with my peers. But when I was younger, not so much. Okay. And um, when it comes to like body image, because especially in these Mm -hmm. different classes of uh, society, there's it's more than just materialistic stuff. You have to look the part. Right. So, uh, I mean, were there things that you struggled with body image wise on top of all of this other shit that you were having to deal with? Yeah. I think that's an important part too, to like link back to the food aspect ah. too, like, you know, like the fruit and, and all that. We grew up in a home where we didn't have, uh, you know, we were restricted by any means. You know, of course, if we, there were certain occasions where we were allowed to have soda or, um, you know, chips, but in terms of the food being in the home, it wasn't like that at all. But we also had big meals. You know, we're Italian, so we have a lot of pasta, a lot of bread. Um, of course, we have meats and vegetables too, but you usually start out the meal with pasta and then you have food or of course you have food, but I mean <laughs> meat or whatever and yeah, vegetables. Um, I think it was, there was always been just like this fear that, in terms of how we looked, how that would reflect on the family or on parenting. So I felt, I felt, you know, now we have the knowledge of like, you know, kids develop differently. It's a lot of it has to do with genetic too. Of course, there's food you want to be conscious of. But I mean, even now in terms of how I'm raising my children, it's very much, you know, what are you putting into your body? It's more of a health approach. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's about balance, right? If you're going to have this, you know, then you want to eat vegetables. But for us, it was... It was just this constant, and I don't want to say constant too, but I remember points of my childhood where the way I looked was definitely like the center of conversation or the center of the topic of the conversation, especially amongst my aunts and my mom. And so what were the type of things that they would say to you? So like, even like if we were taking pictures, you know, like stand up straight, um, you know, suck in your tummy or, you know, the types of clothes we'd wear, you can't wear this for your type of body structure or, um, you know, you don't want to eat that. Don't eat that. That's got a lot of calories in it. Mm-hmm. Or it was just, it was really, really, it, it came up with a lot, almost every meal too, or you're just going to have just a little bit of pasta. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really it all, it ultimately came out to be where it's just the way that we, cause we didn't eat junk food. It was just, that's just the way that we were built. And that's just, you know, eventually children develop differently, especially women. 
especially girls. Yeah. With puberty. Oh yeah. I was brought to a nutritionist. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. And nutrition is very, very common in Europe. If children are overweight or just, yeah, not even when I say overweight, I don't, I don't like to use that. I know. Does that make it's, sense? Like yeah. I feel like it's because it is. It's, it's, it's changed so much over time. Yeah. Like it, overweight was like purely like visual before. And then now there's so many factors that go into right. what is technically overweight. Exactly. Like during COVID, I'm five foot six and three quarters and I hit 193. So for my height, I was overweight. Right. But beyond that, like, I mean, there's people that weigh to like that weigh more than me, same height, but are 10 times more active. Right. And, you know, someone visually would see overweight, but really they're doing better than I am right now. Right. I think too, like muscle, you know, yeah. even so mm-hmm. I look at even like my youngest child and she's just muscle. There is no, and I think in that in terms of two of weight and body mass index and how, you know, I'm five, I like to say I'm five, four, <laughs> but really I mean, my license lies, but I mean, I'm really like maybe five, three and a half. And I've, I've never weighed less than 135 ever, ever. I've always just been, I don't know if it's muscle or what not like a bodybuilder, you know, but I mean, I just, I do, I'm just more dense. That makes, Oh yeah. So it's just, I don't know. But yeah, nutrition was a big, big thing because on the scale, I weighed this much and this is how tall I was. And even though I wasn't, I don't want to say like fat, but I mean, I didn't have like, you know, just, it was just like, I was thicker. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's so hard to wrap your head around because that whole time you're like, Oh, I'm fat. And this is why Mm -hmm. we're doing it. So I get why I like that hesitation to say that. But I mean, so you saw a nutritionist overseas? No, here in the States. Oh, here in the yeah, States. Yeah, I remember my aunts and my mom and my grandmother having a conversation, bring her to a nutritionist. You know, if she's only eating this, this, and this, you know, bring her to a nutritionist. And, you know, I wasn't uh, 16 or 17 where I was like, I'm going to go eat with my friends and then I'll go home for dinner. I didn't have that. You know, I was very much home from school and and I was active too. I played basketball. Okay. And it was, um, and like I said, we didn't, in Italy, we don't have big breakfasts. We don't do that. We have, you know, a cup of like, you know, a coffee. My mom would put some espresso and some milk for us, or we'd have a little bit of cereal or even like a sweet roll. Yeah. A cereal, even cereals. On, Croissants or something. Yeah, or something small. Or when do you have gelato? Or <sighs> we have gelato. Well, <laughs> that wasn't allowed either. That was, that was very restricted. <laughs> yeah, some of my, yeah, I remember that too, gelato being a big, big thing. Um, so yeah, it was going to nutritionist and how can, how can we get her to lose weight? Man. Yeah. Not to, to switch topics too abruptly, but when, when did your parents separate then? I was, gosh. Okay. So if my second, my, my other sister, she was born in 1988 and my parents were divorced in 89. So I must've been about five. Oh yeah. Five years old. Okay. So when you would spend time, like, did your dad stay in the, in the States? Oh yeah. He was a workaholic. He worked all the time. He was. So you didn't see him as much? Time off. He never took like weeks off ever. Okay. I don't think he's ever taken a vacation, even now that I think about it. <laughs> so, I mean, were you getting it from his side as well, the the body image shit, or was it more on uh, when you're at home or or visiting uh, their family? So this happened, um, gosh, I want to say like when I was around like 
10, 11, and 12. So right before Menzies, if you think of that too, like development, but can you, yes. Can you I, point your face a little more? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I did. I definitely, <laughs> I got it from one of my aunts and my dad's side of the family. And so she used to always say it to me. Um, she would say the way how she would word it is she'd say, um, you know, I went through this stage too, and you don't want to be, you don't want to be big or you don't want to be chunky, you know? And, and so you really, you have to do what I do, you know, and you have to only eat an apple or you have to only, um, you know, when you come home from school for a snack, just have an apple or just have a few grapes, you know, don't, don't go for the cheese and crackers or whatever. And so she would make these comments to me, but she made it in a funny way. Okay. I, I don't think I felt any, I didn't, she was just that goofy aunt that was just very much, you know, like, oh yeah. And, you know, and you're, you're, she'd say my last name, you're this part of the family and you can, you can do it. She very, she, in a sense, she didn't make me feel shame, ashamed okay. about the way I look, but she, she would make comments too. Yeah. And I've, I've talked about that before too, where usually it's in, in the religious aspect, but when, when you, you think that they're these little harmless things when you're telling kids, but the younger they are more likely they're, it's going to stick with them. Mm-hmm. So even if you're, you didn't go overboard and, and, you know, do like an apple or whatever, mm-hmm. In the back of your mind, when you see that apple, you that story reconnects and you start to rifle through all that shit. And you're mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, fuck, where am I at right now? Mm-hmm. Am I doing what my aunt was telling me? Am I? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big deal. It is. But I did do what they said. That's the thing. So, I mean, I did. And I just and I didn't I still I think that's just the whole part of your body, though, too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't I never like restricted, restricted. But I mean, I was very cautious of what I ate. And because it was this overarching fear of like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to hear these conversations anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to hear people talk about it or bring it up at dinner or it just, you just want it to go away too. So it was very much like adherence. Like I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. And when nothing would change, it's almost like they felt like I was like this hopeless case then. <laughs> like, oh, you know, we've already tried with this one. <laughs> well, like how old were you when, when your mom met uh, this, this new uh, father figure? Stepdad. Um, gosh, I was probably about seven seven years old, six or seven years old. Do you recall like what that felt like? Like, did it seem, I, I, I'm always curious because when you're that young, I'm sure it seems odd, but I don't know if those things go as passing or if it just remains this kind of weird, like a, like a foreign object in, in your body kind of thing. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it was actually, so when I was with my mom, right. I mean, he was a great guy. He was a really, really nice guy. He was a funny guy. I never felt um, unsafe or, or anything. I felt more and less like when I would go over to my dad's house or on my dad's side of the family that I couldn't tell them how much, you know, everything was going really, 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 really well at home because they would make comments about it. Especially my grandmother, my Italian grandmother would make comments about my mom and moving on. And, and um, it was, it just felt so, I don't know the word I would even use to describe it. It just felt like I had to play these two roles so I, I almost had to like diminish my happiness, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I couldn't be as excited about anything, even when my younger sister was coming along. I had to really, really keep that inside because if I showed too much happiness about how my life was going, I was opening the door for some criticism about my mom or mm-hmm. about this other, you know, father figure that had come into my life. So it was, it was, it was intense. You know, if you think of like six or seven years old, it's, it's a lot to... I've heard that a lot too. Yeah. Which fucking sucks. It really does. The, the whole pitting your kids against each other. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had a friend whose <laughs> parents made her choose each holiday. Yeah. Like you either at mom's house or at dad's house. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're doing. And it was like this contest. And 
you know, she's, God, what, she was 10. Yeah. And having to make these huge decisions, it's like, fuck, man, you're, I don't know. That's, that's brutal, man. It's crazy because my mom never spoke ill of my dad, right? When, when I was growing up. And that's one thing I give her so much credit for because it really, it really, it, maybe when I got older and, you know, you kind of, that's what happens with parents though, too. Like you become a certain age and you're like, oh, wait, your parent isn't everything. Like there's some flaws there too. Or you can see how, too, in a sense, how they ended up separating just personality style. Oh, okay. But my mom never spoke ill of my dad and my dad never spoke ill of my mom. It was my grandmother. Okay. It was my grandmother who just did not mince her words. She was coming in with insults and really, really big insults about my mom. And I really think it was because my dad was heartbroken Mm. and my mom had had reached her shit limit with my dad (laughs) and they were going separate ways. And I think, so my dad never said anything either because I really think he secretly, even to this day, I still think he loves her. Um, (laughs) But it was, it was my grandmother that did not mince her words. But at the same time, my dad did not step in to stop it. Ah, sure. So it was in a way he was complicit too. So yeah. I wonder if that's a cultural thing too, because you're supposed to let your, your parents, you know, shed their wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, wisdom is different, but yeah, May, I don't know. It's a whole other story though with her. Yeah. So, okay. So now we're, we're about to get to E about to do some E. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you hear that, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm completely blasting over the other sister. Um, did you feel like you had to protect her at all when stuff like that was going on? She was a lot younger and she, I think she just has this personality where she's going to do what she wants when she wants to. So if somebody was going to tell her anything, she was just going to roll her eyes and walk away <laughs> and just do, you know, she had other toys, stuff she wanted to do, video games. She was on her own other level. She just had like this, I like to view it as like this, just like protection over her where she was just going to bounce off. And I really think that she would do a great job of just tuning people out. Mm-hmm. There was even a point where my mom thought she was deaf and brought her in to get tested for hearing because yeah. people would talk to her and she would just be like zoned in on something like watching TV or cartoons. And my mom would say, you know, hey, do you know, do you hear me? And she would turn around like all annoyed, like, what do you want? <laughs> and so she just had this great way of she wasn't going to let any of that bother her. That's she was fascinating just too. Move away and yeah, do her own mm-hmm. thing. Because yeah, you you wonder if that's if she was assessing what was going on and was like, I can't let myself, you know, get the or like the way that kids interpret it is like, ugh, bad thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't want any part of that. So they just kind of shut down and internalize all that stuff. I think that she very, cause you know, being the second child too, I think like I like rules need to be followed too. So I think especially like respect in that type of culture. So I would just sit there and just kind of like take it. Like I wouldn't dare disrespect until I got older and I recognized what type of woman my grandmother was, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't disrespect. I'd just sit there and just like take it basically in a sense. But our other sister, she just has this, I don't give a shit attitude mm-hmm. and <laughs> go ahead and say what you want to say. I'm still going to do what I want to do. And in a way, that's that's awesome. And yeah, so can make it if you were going to disrespect your grandma, would you be like, oh, yeah. And your sauce is terrible. I probably would say that. <laughs> I'd probably be like, and by the way, I don't prefer the Southern cooking. I'm going with the Northern Tuscan style yeah. cuisine. So you can kiss my ass. But yeah. Yeah. OK, so we had talked a little bit before we started recording about um, when you found out that your mom was pregnant with E mm-hmm. and like you're <laughs> which is really fascinating to me because most kids don't have the outlook that you did. Mm-hmm. So would you mind telling that again? Yeah, I, I think, too, it has to do with my other sister just being <laughs> 
I don't give a shit attitude and not wanting to do anything that I wanted to do. I wanted to play. And she was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to listen to you while you want to play teacher. But so my mom found out that she was having my sister E and with my stepdad. And I'll never forget this. Oh, but you were how old? I was nine at the time. No, I was eight. Let me think. Yeah, I was eight at the time. And then okay. I turned nine before she arrived. Um, so I was eight and we were, so my other sister would have been four or five. No, she would have been five. And um, yeah, she told us, she's like, I'm going to have another baby. And I remember just like fly, flinging myself on the bed. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this, is this real? Like, are you really having a baby? And my other sister said, gross, and walked out <laughs> of the room. And so I, I was very, very excited to have another baby in the house. And that's awesome. So like when, when she comes home with Bebe, um, it like, do you remember like those feelings and like, uh, like she's home now, this is your crib, this is that. I actually tried to sneak my way into the hospital at, from school because mm -hmm. school was like a block and a half away. So I actually remember going down to the secretary's office and calling up, <laughs> <laughs> calling up. I knew her room number. I knew all of that. And calling up to be like, is the baby here yet? And they were like, no, she's not here. You know, the baby's not here. Um, you know, we'll, Didn't we'll let you know. You? Yeah. And so then after school, I remember coursing my, my cousin. She was a year older than me. And I said, we're going to walk over to the hospital and see this baby has to be born. You know, it's been, gosh, forever, you know, early morning. She's got to be here. Just not knowing, you know, <laughs> how long it really takes to have a baby. Um, but and we walked over to the hospital. My stepdad was outside and he was like, I knew this was going to happen. You need to go home. <laughs> so send me away. I didn't even make it through the front doors. But yeah, I remember her coming home and I was really, really excited. That was great. So um, what, like, what were the, the things that you remember looking back on, like her being, being a wee one and you <laughs> at the adult age of nine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just being ready to take on that role. Gosh, some of the things I remember about her, well, she was bald. So that was odd to me because we, you know, we I had babies. Like e. Yeah, we had babies that, you know, like had hair, like, like hair, hair. So mm -hmm. she was bald. And uh, I remember her just being um, like a good baby. Like she could be anywhere with us. And she, you know, we didn't have to be quiet in the house because she slept through everything or, um, she, some of the things I remember, my mom would get her ready in the morning before she'd go to work and she'd go to daycare. Um, and she was so tiny. I remember a couple of times that my dad, my stepdad would have to get her dressed. And he was just this big guy, this big German guy, you know, these big <laughs> hands. And she was so tiny and he would try to button up her, you know, onesies. And my mom had all this intricate clothing, you know, we were dressed in velvet and, you know, lace, everything. She just had us like dolls in a sense. And yeah. I remember him trying to button her up and he had put her on her tummy as he was trying to close the back of the onesies and babies, you know, like they bop their head and they turn their heads to the side. And I remember getting anxious, like she can't breathe, like hurry the <laughs> F up. Like I want you to get her dressed and I'll do it. And he's like, she's fine. And I'm like, let me get her dressed. I just remember wanting to take over uh -huh. and do all that stuff on my own. So that's so, so those pages, big German hands, like trying to button like this little, <laughs> you know, six month old clothing. It was like, you're doing it wrong. Let me do mm -hmm. it. I'll take care of it. That's so funny. Okay. So now, uh, E, um, I mean, what is, what are your memories of, of big sis kind of being there for all this stuff? Um, 
I honestly, I don't remember like too much me being like really little, obviously, but I remember, you know, as I was seven, eight or so, and I kind of butted heads a little bit as I was getting older and she was in high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> she was, she went through, I remember too, even like when it was definitely around high school time because I had gotten like contacts, right? You know, or okay. I, even before yes. that in fourth grade, yeah. I remember, yeah, I was blind. I always got was, into her stuff. Always went through my stuff and she would touch my stuff. She touched, she was obsessed with shoes. So she would go into my room and touch things. And I remember just being like, you can't wear my things. You cannot. She would try to put my contacts yep. in. <laughs> so it was like she, this. She, it was, she would mess with them and you would go to take them out again. And they were like all folded. Correct. <laughs> and yeah, she would just, she was very curious of things that I would do like makeup or mm-hmm. clothing. And she was just that pesty sister that you just wanted to keep. Oh, that's so funny. So we would definitely butt heads. Yeah. So, but okay. So by the time your memories kick in, that's, that's what you remember is the, mm-hmm. is the usual sister stuff. Yeah. Like her babysitting and me <laughs> locking myself in my room. Cause I'm mad at her about something and not wanting to come out till my mom came home. And yeah, there'd be times where I'd call my mom at work and just be like, when are you coming home? <laughs> that had a lot to do though, too. Cause in the summers, all three of us girls stayed home mm-hmm. And my mom was the type of person oh, where we had a pool. So if you think of us being younger, we we wanted to go swimming in the pool in the summer. Okay. And she wouldn't let us. We would wake up every morning with these intricate list of chores that we had to do mm-hmm. that were completed by 4 p.m. We Ooh, had to have them done. call by like 9 a.m. Are the chores done yet? <laughs> no, it's summer. We are just waking up. Yep. Like- and then, yeah, I remember once I hung up on her, but that's a different story. I'll never do that again. Or we, like, you know the phone number that she calls from, like, you recognize it on caller ID. So we get to a point where we wouldn't even answer the phone. <laughs> like, we know it's her calling. I'm not answering. Yeah. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then the voice messages. Yeah. Those were the best. Pick up Or, yeah, because, like, it'd be on the house line. So if you leave a voicemail, you can hear it, you know, on the box. Yep. So she'd be yelling through the phone, wake up. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, she'd yeah, say yeah. our names. She'd be like, Time wake to do up. the chores. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. I can't even sleep in on the summers. Yeah. So would would you, do you remember seeing your mom speaking in Italian to her? Yeah. Yep. Like um, in- she, she, um, she would say little things here and there that like, you know, at growing up that we understand simple things like close the door. Or, you know, go get this. Um, And she still does it to this day, too. But she never really spoke to us. At least with me, I remember her not really speaking so much Italian. Like, I would try to get her to talk to me in Italian so that I could start to understand it more. Because um, she, Elle, was the only one that can speak it fluently. So we always kind of give her shit for (laughs) me and my other sister not knowing it. And she always said that we refused to learn. And I always just tell her, I'm like, you should have forced us to learn because it's part of our culture. And when you're older at the age of, you know, 13 or so, it's not as easy to learn as growing up when you're little and getting spoken to it fluently. And I was around the it was in Italy a lot more than us, too. So she was around it a lot more. See, I don't know what it was. I was for. I don't, I don't think that you didn't want to learn. I wonder sometimes if our mom kind of used that as like an excuse because, mm-hmm. but I do remember our second sister 
Am will call her Am. Yeah. Well, she, I mean, you guys, uh, you have already said each other's name like yeah. three times. Oh, did we? Damn it. Okay. Yeah. We'll Oops. just bleep oh, well. it out. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> but no, I remember uh, she, I, re- I specifically remember this in our old house because we lived right by growing up. Mm-hmm. Shit, I gave away a location, whatever. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she, uh, I remember my mom saying like, hey, she would say something to in Italian, you know, oh, we're going to, we're going to go and do this or go grab this. And I remember her saying, speak yeah. English. Yep. Speak English. And with I don't think that she, I, I, I actually just, liked it growing up. I remember, and even to this day, like anyone new out of my group of friends that meets my mom is always like, oh my God, like her accent, it's so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And I remember growing up, like loving it. I loved that she spoke Italian. I thought it was cool when she'd do it in front of, you know, at school or my yep. friends or if I'm at soccer practice or anything like that because everyone loved hearing it. And so I always felt like, yeah, this is part of my culture. And I loved growing up having that background. Yeah. yeah. Plus so. you guys' mom is so hot. She's awesome. Everyone says that. I know. Everyone does say that. Yeah. Yep. Just say that. Like, so, and I, I think back to, you told me one time um, about how, uh, your mom, but like if you guys were acting up in the grocery store, oh my gosh, <laughs> the yes. threats, how, how she would talk to you in Italian, and, but like with a smile on her face, be like, yeah. okay, I'm gonna and discipline the shit out of yep. you when we get just wait till you get home with like that big grin on her face, and she'd be squeezing our hand or be like, mm-hmm. oh, you're hurting us, and we'd say it like loud in she'd the grocery store, tighter. and she'd like smile even bigger and be yeah. like, just wait till you get home, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, something else. Really was. You always knew you're in deep shit. When yeah. Happened. Always like, oh no. Sit in the third row of the yeah. suburban so that she couldn't reach us. Yep, exactly. <laughs> we just watch her from afar. Yeah. And just know, like, and then try to plot how the hell we're going to get out of the car without her grabbing us. Like, yep. can we get out through the back? Probably not. You know, it was. Our oh, yeah. Thank plan. God for that big suburban at that time in life for sure. She I remember reach us. the last time that I got spanked, I was 11 or 12. And, or no, I was, shit, I was nine years old and I had gotten expelled from a school because I, I was a like lovely child but with authority I was terrible yeah. so teachers I've heard fucking some stories about me. you you guys yes. so have you ever seen that paddle Scott had it for a little is bit is that a real thing yeah, like yeah that yeah. was actually used yeah, 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 yeah are you serious yeah so it's like <laughs> it's half like an a- inch thick it's like it's, half day or what's that book? That's movie called oh, Days and Confused. Oh, Days and Confused. Yeah, that was another one. Yeah. So uh, that was the last time I got spanked. I got bare ass spanked with that paddle. She got Shit. one hit in and I like fucking roadrunner popped out of her. It was pulling up my pants like. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we definitely got. Yeah, we got beat mm-hmm. quite a bit. And I mean, we're <laughs> of that age where like there was it was still accepted for a little while. Yeah. I remember like when the craze of like they started to uh, advertise like kids. If you're, you know, in trouble, you can call this number or you can call 911 and, and all of the kids being like, I'm going to call the police yeah. on you. And, and that whole shit. And I remember my mom just being like, call them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's probably what my mom would say too. That's exactly what she said. I'm yeah. like, actually try, you can't try. speak. She's like, do it. Yeah. Do it, do it and do see it what happens. happens. Yep. It's like, okay, I'm not going to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> Shook the doubt, power right back. At that time, I doubt any cop would have given a shit. They're like, we got real things going on. Yeah. I'm going to spank you now. Yeah. <laughs> So my turn. That's funny. So when we were talking and, and kind of planning this, I was curious as to, so you have that, that gap with uh, language, right? So you mm-hmm. didn't get to kind of immerse yourself in that stuff. 
did you feel like a disconnect from that culture on top of that with your sisters because of the kind of the connection that they had with the Um, homeland as it were? I think maybe just, you know, they're a little bit, obviously, because their other side of the family is Italian as well. So I think they just automatically had a stronger connection with that. But um, I don't know. I feel like besides the facts that, you know, she could speak it fluently, I I still think that she had also more of a connection to with um, my mom's side of the family in Italy, just because she was there a lot more often. Like she was closer with my grandma. I remember my grandma, um, to an extent, obviously, because I was very little, but she was a lot closer with her, obviously, than me. And I mean, I don't really know about, but yeah, I don't know because our grandmother, our grandparents would come over too at times, like oh, okay. in like the yeah, fall or in like the spring and stay with, because there's three girls in the family. So they would stay you know, like either a couple a month or a couple of weeks with one daughter and then the next daughter and then the next yeah. daughter. So they would come over quite a bit. Um, and I think I, yeah, my other grandmother was an amazing woman and a force to be reckoned with to say the least. <laughs> uh, she more or less when I was younger than rather than when was younger. Okay. So, I mean, did you feel like any... Because so I have relatives who are Hispanic Mm -hmm. and there's one cousin who was born blonde and all of my Hispanic cousins are like, you, you ain't real. You ain't shit. Like, so (laughs) look wise, definitely. Yeah. So that's Um, what I was curious about mm -hmm. is like when you, when you did go over to Italy or like when you would visit with that family, did you feel the heat? Like definitely. Um, especially when I was younger, I was blonde blonde and blue eyes. Um, My eyes are green now, but, you know, I always had the lighter hair color and my skin tone wasn't like all of like the other ones. But uh, yeah, I definitely like going over to Italy. Even now, I kind of, you know, you can tell that they know that I'm obviously American and then they, they do look more Italian because they both have parents who are Italian as well. But um, I definitely look more German than I do Italian, so. I think part of his big misconception, though, too, that Italians can't have blonde hair or, you know, like lighter eyes, because mm-hmm. if you think of, like, Northern Italy, yeah. it absolutely is more common. Or you think of, like, the fact that... Um, I'm going to push this guy a little closer oh. to you. Is that better? Okay. Back up. I think, I think too, uh, even, like, our grandmother, my mom's mom had lighter lighter brown eyes, almost hazel color. And I think it is just that, you know, like you have to have dark hair, or dark eyes. And that's not the, that's not the case. You know, it's, it's, I think it, I think it's more features. Yeah. I think when you're in a crowd though, or like mm-hmm. when, you know, when you're seeing the majority of, right, you're, you're going to stand out. It's hard People not can to. definitely tell when they, if they're meeting all of us together. Oh yeah. You know, I can tell that you have an Italian side and then you know, they find mm-hmm. out that I do and they're like, oh, really? Like, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. But yeah, like I definitely I, I take more after my dad look wise than mm-hmm. I do my mom. Um, at, Like our oldest sister, we share the same dad. So uh, I look a lot more like her. Mm-hmm. And so more twins and she and I are kind of more twins. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. So, yeah. yeah. I remember when I first saw you, I was like, I thought you were somebody's girlfriend. I didn't know <laughs> right. That. Right. Yeah. We don't look anything alike. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't mean to like try and dig further on that but like did you feel 
because a lot of times when that starts to happen, right, when people are pointing out mm-hmm. how different you are from them, um, did you feel like, well, then I'm going to connect elsewhere? Like in sports or does that make sense? Like, so it's hard to describe, but so when people feel singled out, they look elsewhere to try and feel more normal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I did it. I kind of feel like I felt good that like I was taking after my dad growing up. Mm-hmm. I was definitely a daddy's girl. Um, so it was more of like a compliment to be like, oh, you know, you have your dad's features or you oh. have this. And I always enjoyed hearing that just because I, I felt like I was always with my dad doing stuff growing up. Um, so, well, that's know. good. Yeah. Okay. Let's get sad. <laughs> Not that all that shit wasn't like super happy, but, <laughs> but yeah. But soccer um, though, too, is another, I don't know if you guys want to talk about that though. Oh, too, but yeah. Soccer, she was the athletic one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. very, very athletic. And I do feel like that was something that that was her own thing. If that makes sense. Yeah. We played sports when we were younger. The Mm. other two girls, we did for a little bit. My middle sister did for a while, but was a phenomenal, is a phenomenal athlete. Like she made varsity very, very young. She played, she's always been athletic and just, you know, um, not afraid to get her hands dirty, like do yeah. things, you know, with my dad. And um, see, the, this is the motherly out- instincts kicking very, in. Yeah, very <laughs> outdoorsy mm-hmm. growing up. I was always outside. I was always helping my dad with stuff, um, sports. I, you know, I played basketball. I played softball, soccer, and then soccer was really the one that overtook my athletic like playing. Mm-hmm. I tried to play like all the other ones, but it was kind of. You know, some of them would butt heads and um, with games and everything. So I ended up picking up soccer and playing that year round. I mean, I remember I was playing all the time. I probably had two weeks of a break in between each uh, season. So you did indoor soccer too? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oof. Yeah. That's brutal. I, back then I could do it. Now, <laughs> now I play soccer on Sundays and we play half field and I die. So. <laughs> I don't know how I did it back then. The <laughs> endurance is definitely gone now. <laughs> well, I remember watching my my friend play indoor soccer back in Oregon. I had no idea that you could do it all year round. Mm-hmm. Watching him play indoors, like, it's intense. When they hit the ground, ah, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So I mean, and with your your dad's side on the um, uh, because you said uh. Are your grandparents German? German. His, yep. Uh, great, pa- great grandparents are German and Dutch. Okay. Yep. So was there what? any like Yours. cultural connection to that stuff for you? I feel like the culture stood out more with the Italian side than it did German just because my mom was actually from Italy. I felt like, you know, it was kind of being raised more as an Italian culture than German. Obviously, like we did a lot of stuff with my dad's side of the family, too, but I always felt more Italian than I did German. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Plus, I mean, the Italian language versus Deutsch. I mean, woof, night and day. Yeah. And my dad, obviously, he didn't speak um, the language at all. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, not. And I don't even think anyone on dad's side of the family can. So it's like, we didn't hear any of that. So that's why I feel like growing up, my mom was speaking Italian all the time. And Ah. that's really the only thing that I remember. 
there's such a fluidity to listening to Italian. It, I mean, it reminds me of like, like people who speak Spanish, like, um, in certain classes, which I hate to say it like that, but there's just this like elegance to like the flow of how mm-hmm, it sounds. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just so nice. To listen. So it is nice. So Hugh speaks German and listening to him speak German is like, that sounds rough. Aggressive. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. are you threatening this person? <laughs> <But> <laughs> so I was, I was curious about that. If, if uh, he tried, you know, expanding on any of that shit, but if not, then fuck it. Who, who yeah. cares? <laughs> um, he compensated I, with sauerkraut, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so your relationship with stepdad was, was good then? Yeah, it was, it was good. It was not until I got into high school, I think that we butted, we butt heads pretty mm. a lot okay. too. It was just very much the parenting style. I think too, probably just in general with anyone who's got step parents, once you kind of hit that teenage years, mm. I think you'd. Most people would probably butt heads. Yeah. Oh, that's I now I remember what I was going to ask. When did you realize that you have half sisters versus just sisters? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I grew up being told that, obviously, but understanding it more, I think I was probably 10. Yeah, you were definitely. It's not anything we said. We just we referred yeah, to her as a sister. Like, you know, it wasn't. Yeah. I think I think it was. We only say that we're half sisters when we're you know explaining people about how our upbringing was and how we have different parents and because mm-hmm. like, it is confusing you know I have two sisters that we share the same mom and then I have my oldest sister we we share the same dad but different moms so it's like when I start explaining that story I have to start from like this marriage to this marriage <laughs> mm-hmm. to get people to understand why we're half sisters because it is confusing even if you but, don't though too because it's like oh yeah this is my sister no this is my mm-hmm. sister and then and you then- got which is a completely different name. Yeah. So people are like, well, why? Yeah. Help me understand. It's like, well, I'll be okay. Fine. Let me go back. Then and you got to explain the whole story. This it's like wild. when you hear, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever accidentally listened to like Spanish radio, but when they do advertisements, <laughs> Los Condita, Pepsi. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, just, yeah. it sticks out so uh, much. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Cause I mean, how often would you guys go and stay with your dad? Uh, every other weekend, um, every other weekend, sorry, sorry, sorry. Every other weekend, (laughs) every other weekend, um, until we, yeah, got older to like high school if we were driving and he would. So yeah, trying to explain like, why are my two sisters going someplace and I'm staying here? I feel like I honestly don't even remember them being gone. Oh yeah. Cause it was, if I think about it too, you know, like, yes, they divorced when you were a lot younger. You weren't even in the picture for a while. And then but it, like even like at the age of 10 and 11, like I, you, you do remember things at that age, you it, know, but we were, I, I was already in college though at that time or really when you were You're 10, still in high school. No, see, yeah, I was, I was ready. I wasn't doing that though anymore. You know, like you've got oh, like friends actually and peers. In there. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I, I was too young to you remember guys, them being gone. And you camped a lot. Yeah. My dad's side of the family huge campers always camping during the summer so which is yeah i really loved that part of the family family, yeah you know that's interesting so that's something i found out about um like german culture like when they come over to america because in germany everything's super compact Mm -hmm. so when they come over here it's like camping we are fucking camping so i hear that a lot is like in these condensed areas of europe 
when they come over here, they're like, there's space everywhere. Yeah. You guys could fucking get lost in a second. And, uh, cause we, we met cause he was obsessed with camping at the beginning, uh, of raising us. And we would meet people from Germany all the time and okay. people from Russia as well. <laughs> Their out with look was a little different. They were like, we need to have like all these bodies to bury. So <laughs> vodka. <laughs> yes. The vodka and the bears. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the drinking. That, that's one thing that I can, you know, mm-hmm. recognize the German in me is drinking and the stubbornness too. Oh, yeah. For sure. I've never even thought about that. What is, what is drinking like in Italian culture? non-existent yeah i it's yeah go ahead like growing up once i you know hit the age of 18 in college like i did start drinking obviously but um you can drink when you're younger too in italy so at that point when we were going back to italy to visit i feel like i kind of had to hold back a bit of me (laughs) drinking and stuff because it's completely different over there than it is here so i don't think i would say i was ever really like drunk around the family in Italy besides the one time that we went to a bat mitzvah party oh that was probably the only time that I've seen like an actual like drinking and and partying which was amazing (laughs) it was there there isn't a problem you know it's not I think like you hear a lot of people saying like oh Italians like wine 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 I don't remember growing up with wine on the table ever maybe Mm -hmm. for every once in a while if they my mom felt like having like a glass of Chianti something small you know, or the same with my grandparents. It wasn't, we didn't have, you know, we did not drink a lot of wine. And I think even now, like, it's not a problem, if you will. I don't even know if I want well, to say Well, and I, just I, not, I didn't necessarily mean as a problem, but just like cultural. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, it, like, that's exactly it, though. I mean, it's not as big, but I do, like, I, you don't hear of a lot of, like, drinking problems in Italy. Like, you just, you just don't. And it's, you question, too, well, it's, kids have it when they're younger. Like I remember my grandfather pouring like a little bit of wine with some water yep. just because I wanted to drink out of a wine glass. Oh, okay. But I mean, so then you, you, you start to think though too, like the science about it all, like how young were you when you were introduced to it, you know, as, as a developing into a disorder. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it just doesn't work that way. It's very, very rare. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting. Whereas in Germany, it's just like you yeah, drink and you'll pass out for like three days. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about the Germans. <laughs> Yeah, our so our family is we're mutts, but there's a lot of German. I mean, there's German, French, Scottish, Mexican. Uh, mm-hmm. It's fucking weird how all of the. Anyways, sounds wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> cool. But lots of opportunity for addiction. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> our gene pool was like, which one? Who's gonna take? It? Damn genetics, seriously. <laughs> Um, so how old were you when your father uh, was diagnosed with cancer? Um, I was in first grade. Okay. Yep. I uh, don't really remember it too much. Um, like, do you remember seeing him in the hospital or anything like that? I remember like my mom having to bring, bring him to appointments and things like that, but I don't remember. Uh, do you remember the first surgery, like the first brain surgery? Do you remember that? Kind of. Yeah. Like I, I remember seeing him like with a shaved head and like the scar and after surgery, I remember, you know, seeing the stitching and the staples and everything in his head. But I feel like I kind of like blocked out certain things about it. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I think mom did a good part of that though, too. Like not making us worry. Yeah. Like, and then, and I think she kind of like 
if I remember correctly, kind of held off telling me at first. Yes. Um, and she definitely did that to the second time that he was diagnosed. So. Okay. So I guess from, from your pers- uh, perspective then, um, like, had you seen sickness like that before? I did. I'd lost my grandparents to, I'd lost my, um, gosh, I'm trying to think I'd lost my grandparents to some pretty tough. Yeah. Some cancers. Okay. And then, but I never to the extent saw it like that. Like that first. Yeah. It was scary. You know, you think about like, I don't know, for some reason for me, like the brain is just like a really delicate thing to operate on. And I wasn't, uh, I wasn't interested in like the science behind it or the medicine behind it or how it was done. I just, for me, it was just, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that's fucking rough at any age yeah. to try, try and cope with that stuff. Yeah. Um. So he's diagnosed the second time. What was it? Five years later? Is that um. Guys? No, when I was in fifth grade, he was in remission. Yep. Oh, okay. And then, um, when I was a sophomore in high school was when he was re-diagnosed, and I remember my sister was coming to visit, and I was kind of surprised because she she would only come for like certain occasions, you know, like, um. Class reunions. Yeah, class reunions, stuff very, like that. So I was like, oh, reunion. you know, why why is coming or whatever? And, and I remember specifically being in the car with my mom and dad and them telling me that dad was re-diagnosed and that he had an appointment to go to and yeah. all that stuff. So how do you notice that? Like, was would he get migraines or what? I remember the first time it happened. I remember exactly what happened. Um, like why, what prompted them to go in and then what happened. I think it's just general ske- check-ins. I think yeah. after a certain amount of time, oh, like okay. you just go in to have like, you know, your even levels. Because remission, you're still going in to be checked up on. Right. Oh, oh, sure, I'm sure, gonna sure. Guess, yep. I'm going to guess that's what it was. But I, I remember the first time what happened and that was scary. And I do remember arguing with, not arguing with my mom, but... Well, so what happened the first time then? Ah, uh, so he was driving home. So he had the type of job where, you know, also Traveling. worked all the time. So he'd travel, but he was driving home on the highway, and his vision kind of got blurry. Oh, and it got to the point where he said, like, it just it got so blurry that he didn't feel safe driving, so he pulled over. And then I can't remember if he called my mom or not, or if he just like took a couple minutes and he just would have these terrible headaches, and then drove home. I can't remember how it worked, but um, I remember him telling my mom. I remember and them going in right away into the ER, and then meeting with, yeah, sure doctors afterwards. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it's so wild. I I've met people. So like, did he do? I, I guess I should ask first. So the the second diagnosis, how long did did that go on for? sophomore year he was diagnosed and i think it was towards the end of my junior year was when he passed yep so and usually when you're re-diagnosed it's kind of a lost cause just imagine like the cancer cells being fucking yeah they said that back and they said it spread like a web yeah oh my god so so I I did a, a photo shoot for um this this lady who uh had gone into remission I think four times. Oh wow! And uh, by the the fourth one she by the fifth diagnosis she was like I fucking I give up I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go through all of that again. So she had like like a going away party. Mm-hmm. So like this it was like a celebration of life, but it was so rough because she's like yeah. the sweetest lady. 
and is trying to comfort all of these people with what's going on. Did he get an opportunity like that or was it more aggressive in the sense? It was aggressive the second time around. Yeah, it was really aggressive the second time around. So we don't do well with grief in our family. <laughs> we just tend to like not, God, it's hard to even talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the second time it happened, um, it, uh, it it came back, it happened pretty quickly. So he was diagnosed and then he had celebrated his 60th birthday. And at that point, it was really hard to watch how fast it progressed because he was this big German man, you know, and, and muscular and... Uh, you know, worked all the time. And to see him have to go from a place where this guy would work 24 fucking seven. Like, I mean, in the weekends he'd wake up and like we had land and it was fucking meticulous. Like this guy kept everything. He just took so much pride in this. He also came from a place where at 14 years old, he was out of the house working on his own because you think like these big German families, right? Too Like they had so many kids that it was like, well, we can't pay for you anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We don't have a room for you. So you're going to go live with so-and-so or whatever and, and, and work. And so this guy, everything that he had, he, he basically got himself, like he worked his ass off. So to see him go from this just big guy, you know, like this huge German to a place where he couldn't even walk, Super, you know, it was fucking devastating. It was really, it was, it was such a mind fuck even thinking about it Mm -hmm. all kind of happened. And it was, it's, it's hard because you could tell it was really frustrating for him because he, he wanted to do things on his own. I mean, there are times where, um, we'd, you know, my mom would be at work and we're home watching him and helping him with, you know, going to the bathroom or getting up to go outside or whatever. Um, she, (laughs) He is stubborn, the German in him, very stubborn. <laughs> oh my God, yes. He, uh, we had this chair that <laughs> was an automatic chair. It would, it would, you know, go all the way up to kind of help him stand up. Oh, oh and okay. So it wasn't so much um, pull on us when we're lifting him. And she's like, okay, like, do you want to go outside to have a cigarette before I go to the bathroom? He's like, no, no. Well, she goes to the bathroom and she's in the bathroom. All of a sudden she, she hears, and she's like, oh my God, it's the chair. He's trying to get up himself to go outside by himself. And so she comes downstairs. She's like, what are you doing? She's like, I told you that, you know, if you wanted to go outside, I would take you. And he's stubborn. He didn't, he didn't want her help. Are you conditioned by the, are you conditioned by that sound? Cause I was yeah. conditioned by that chair yeah, sound. Every like, time, motherfucker, every time here, here we go like, again. <laughs> we like grasp something. We're like, oh my God, he's trying to get up. And there, and what was it the one time he slid mom? mom, Yeah. He was like going all the way up and he went way too high that he started sliding off the chair. He was sitting on the button. Yeah. That's what it was. Oh yeah. He He didn't even know what the hell was going on. He's like, what's going on? He was all the way lifted up. Yeah. Yeah. Man. It was hard. It was hard for sure. Cause then he had like a scooter. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, uh, and then it got to the point where he couldn't, you know, do stairs. We couldn't lift him cause he was still a solid mm-hmm. big guy. You know, he was six two. He was, yeah. Yeah. We ended up having to build like a little ramp out of our kitchen, yeah. um, door onto our deck so that when we had him in the wheelchair, we could just take him out that way. It was easier to get him outside. Yeah. Cause at that point, like, especially like the second time he was diagnosed, like, well, fuck it. If this is it, I'm going to s- smoke. Yeah. yeah. He, so he, he was even eventually Towards the end, he was smoking inside the house. Yeah. We had him like right next to the window and ventilation crank- and all of that. Yeah. Because yeah. they cranked the window open up. so that he could. So, with you, I remember when I first met you, there was like a distinct, like, there was, it didn't seem like there was like a middle ground where, and what I'm describing is like, so 
Mm-hmm. Joyous, beautiful, big-headed baby. <laughs> big-headed, <laughs> which is a Duke trait too. We all had massive heads. Thankfully, it's he's no longer in the 90th percentile. Thank God. That's what Lynn and it was... wasn't like that when he was born either. So thank you. Um, but so like it was like this bundle of joy, and then immediately you're like, okay, we got to go do the next thing. Mm-hmm. You're you're very like. I don't know if you've always been like goal orientated or like structured in that sense. Yeah. But I've noticed in the last, I don't know, like three or four years, like this more free side of you. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Like Mm -hmm. you seem more liberal and I'm like curious as to like, how did you like, was that a conscious decision or did things just gradually go that way? Does that make sense? I'm not trying to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think too, I'm also one of those types of people where I don't, I'm not easy to get to know at first either. I think that I do have my guard up a lot of the time. And then I think I, after time or after I, I think I loosen up, but I do think part of that is like that whole entire, like how I present myself being a huge Ah. cultural thing too, or what's appropriate to say, what's not appropriate to say, or how am I raising my children? How am I not? I never, I think a lot of it had to do with just, um, I think just where I was in life, I think I felt more settled in life. Um, I think, yeah, it was just, yeah, I don't know. And maybe it is age. Maybe, I mean, I feel like I've always been liberal, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think just maybe recognizing that I don't have control over everything is probably uh-huh. some, has something to do with it or life's too short too. I think that loss had a big thing too. Yeah. And our family. I was going to say like from your perspective, like, you were nodding your head as I'm saying, like the structure thing, like, did she seem to have that kind of, for how young you were, you were introduced to schedules and representation and shit like that. So did you guys feel the heat of like having to follow along with it? Or were you just like, that's how our sister is? uh, Like in terms, I'm kind of lost right now. So do you know what like a type A personality is? Mm -hmm. So would you say that, (laughs) Yeah. like, do you recall like trying to get her to loosen up at all? Or like, like, would you give her titty twisters and be like, come (laughs) on, just, (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I, I guess I can see though that it's not as like tense or tightened, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. This is a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, (laughs) I, she's loosened up. I think, I don't know. I think though too, to some degree, I feel like I'm the same way though. Yeah. I think think so too. So I think not maybe necessarily like in turn and I don't mean to like knock you or anything, but I mean, not, not maybe so much. I really felt like I was looked at a lot, meaning like, I felt like I was under the microscope. Uh, Like what I, what was I going to do for school? What wasn't I going to do for school? You know, or, um, like good grades, like must have good grades all the time though too. I felt like that's where I reaped in a lot of my joy too but also at the same time a lot of pressure mm-hmm. well now With, it's all on me now it's all on <laughs> yeah now, she, now she's on the microscope but no yeah. but i think that in terms of things wanting to be structured i think that we're very similar on that level okay yeah. if that maybe goal oriented not so much but in terms of structured and wanting a routine and yeah and very particular about the way things are i think she's we share more, that. more goal oriented than i am yeah the other like sister, when she sets her mind is i mean I feel like I guess I'm kind of like that, too, when I set my mind to something. But I'm more of like, if I find something difficult, I won't do it oh. in, in certain aspects of things, more sure. of like schooling and stuff where she like she'll keep at it. Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't understand something, I'm just like, fuck this. <laughs> like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. So I don't want to do this You're anymore. more of like you look at the mountain and it's a person like 
it's an achievement to get over the mountain. Whereas like you have the map to get, you know, there's this safe path. And so if we get there by noon, then we can have snackies and then we can. So like there's different ways of getting to that achievement level. And especially since you said you're in sports, like sports is different though. Like sports, like I will. But that's what I mean. So like that physical aspect of like, Mm -hmm. I literally did this thing. Whereas Mm -hmm. you have the knowledge of like, there's, there's a, a formula to get through this thing. Yeah. So I would that, say so. See, like she, she's more of like a bookworm. Yeah. So like, yes, exactly. <laughs> so like me, like if you give me, you know, here, build this, like get, here's all the, the pieces. Here's a and B here's the directions build. I'll be like, hell yeah. Like I, I could sit at this for hours and do it. She's got to figure something out through a book. <laughs> like if I had to do that, read the I'd manual, be like, right away. Through. Nope. Sorry. Not going to do that. Yeah. So you guys have, yeah, that that in common, it's just the the approach to doing it different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a nerd and she's not. That's really. What <laughs> hey, I wish I was a nerd. I mean, oh yeah, we got to get to you uh, snorting cocaine with Diplo. Oh, and- yeah. <laughs> Chris Humphreys. No, yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So don't put that in the tape either. <laughs> in the tape. On the tape in the interview. How old are you? No, Chris Humphreys. I'm old. <laughs> I'm old. I don't even know who Chris Humphreys is. Yeah. Is that a composer? It's a basketball what? player. Huh? I don't sports. He was married, he was married to Kim, Kim Kardashian. Kardashian. He plays for, he's, a, he's from Minnesota. Chris yeah, Humphreys, Minneapolis. I just saw him up at, in Minneapolis a couple weekends ago. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's why she brought it up. <laughs> I'm just joking. Again, joking. super nerd. Um, yeah. I, I know that there's sports balls. Mm-hmm. There's tall people that play sports balls mm-hmm. and they're good at it. Yeah. That's the extent of my and sports overpaid. balls. Knowledge. <laughs> overpaid. So yeah. women that should be paid more in my opinion. <laughs> so. Um, okay. So now when you guys are older and the, so the, the stuff that you had gone through, like there's these, uh, physical, uh, like goals that are kind of pushed on you guys or like, it's those earworms where like, because it's coming from somebody who loves you mm-hmm. that you're like, I guess I should like, I don't know, stop eating or I don't know what to do. See, for me, I feel like it was different just because I was so physically active. And again, like everyone's body's different. Luckily, I took after my dad. My metabolism's very fast. So being playing soccer, like high cardio sport all the time, I was in really good shape. Um, then when I went to college, you know, I stopped playing. And as most college kids do, they gain the freshman 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely did that. You know, big drinker was at a party school and, you know, enjoyed college. I don't know how I would say it, but my mom pointed it out, obviously. And I think I knew it myself, but, you know, you hear other people saying it is different than you recognizing it. But after college, you know, I worked up on myself and going to the gym and getting myself back into shape. So I think, again, the figures are different between me and my sisters. I take after my dad's side, so I'm built a bit more curvy and... My mom, I think, has always struggled with getting used to that. Like when I was younger, it, it, it 
wasn't a big thing for girls to want to have like bigger butts Mm -hmm. and to have a smaller waist. It was always like flatter butts and low rise jeans and all that stuff. So I, I remember when I was younger, I hated my butt because it was on the bigger side as most girls. But now as I'm getting older, um, it's becoming more common for girls wanting to have the smaller waist and the bigger butt and they're in the gyms and they're Mm -hmm. working on that stuff. So now growing up with it, I'm becoming more confident in it and I'm accepting it and working on forming it better and and all that. My mom still struggles with accepting my figure, but, um, well, yeah. So that's what I'm interested in is like the, the viewpoint that you had growing up, whereas you had to meet this physical expectation. Mm -hmm. And now as adults, trying to break ourselves out of that habit and accepting yourself on a mental level. Right. So like, have did like, what kind of work did you do? Like, did you do therapy or anything like that? Or was it just something you recognized? Just like realizing how everyone out, like how society started to become, how it was more not, I don't want to say acceptable, obviously like every figure is acceptable, but it was becoming more of a thing where girls are, you know, not afraid to be working out in the gym, lifting weights. And usually they're afraid of bulking up, which obviously that it doesn't do that if you're doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I became more into lifting mm-hmm. and getting comfortable in the gym. And, you know, I, when I first started working out, I ended up bulking up because I wasn't doing things the right way. Mm. Um, I wasn't really paying attention to what I was eating. Like I was, you know, eating but mm-hmm. I was also kind of lifting in the wrong way where I wasn't so much as slimming down and toning. Whereas now I've started to research more on what well, I'm curious as to why that matters though. For not, I mean, I think it's everyone, just personal. I yeah, think it's just personal. what she likes. I think, oh, I think, yeah. it's, okay. I think it's more right. like embracing her body because, type and not listening to. Yeah. Because I, I think, you know, if you imagine this, like if, if, if you, if I, if you see somebody for the first time in five years or 10 years, okay, and you look at them, you do initially do like that judgment, even if you're not oh, aware sure. of it, right? Like mm-hmm. you look at somebody up and down and you very well may be thinking like, oh shit, they gained weight, right? Mm-hmm. My mom would just take it the next step and then just say it. <laughs> like, oh shit, She's you gained blind. weight. And yeah. like, I, I don't take offense to it right. normally, obviously. I mean, sometimes it's kind of un- frustrating to hear because it's like I can point those things out myself as is. So having her on top of pointing stuff out it's kind of frustrating it's like okay I get it I like know. I I'm at the gym I'm trying to work on like you know figuring out what I need to do to get to the way that I want to be physically okay. obviously there are girls that you know go to the gym and they do want to bulk up and that's great but that's not like with my figure that's not what I want so I kind of had to research and figure out the tune best out. way yeah and I, I tune her out now like, yeah I'm just like, you know what? I enjoy going to the gym and lifting and, you know, toning myself. If my legs get a little bit more muscular, like that's what I want. And that's dude, the, the, the female powerlifting scene is so fucking impressive. And I feel like I see way more of like women's powerlifting than I do men's powerlifting. Mm -hmm. I met, uh, some, some gals. Oh shit. It was probably like six or seven years ago. And they pointed out that, um, like that's that's what they wanted to do for a living was be powerlifters and mm-hmm. compete and all this shit. So we did photos for that, and I was like, God, like, because when you were talking about that whole like women being afraid of being muscular, it's such a weird thing now because 
it looks rad as fuck. Yeah. Like, I think it's so cool. And mm-hmm. I, so I like completely embrace all of the things now. Yeah. Like being ripped as fuck. I see models with armpit hair and like showing it off. And it's my thought is not like, wow, that's weird. I'm like, oh, my God. Fucking good for you. Yeah. That you've doing like to each their own. That, and, that, yeah. But it sucks that there's that hurdle where like that that whole preference thing of I don't know like where where is my happy place and is that because of the way that people were subjecting me to their own opinion or is it what I actually want does that make sense like Mm -hmm. so yeah it's just interesting to me I think that everyone deserves to be happy in their own skin yeah and so I'm always that's why I press these things is like like, are you doing this for you? Yeah. Or are you doing this because some Instagram person was like, if you just eat two spoonfuls of peanut butter a day, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking those guys. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know. You know, I think too, for me, it's like, I remember, I remember being told something when I was younger or even like in my adolescent years and being like, oh wait, what? Like, I don't look okay. And that was like, like the big shock to like, holy shit. Like I have to do, I have to change something about the way that I look that but even now like when I, I if I do feel uncomfortable like okay if I have gained some weight it's not even about the fact that I've gained weight it's about how I feel like energy yeah. wise if that makes sense because right. I can be 150 pounds and be mm-hmm. like and I feel fucking great mm-hmm. you know what I mean or yeah my arms are a certain or yep I birthed children which is one thing that's fucking amazing about the women women's bodies too like I can do this awesome thing and well, stretch marks are there. That's just, that's the fucking reality of it. And you almost wear them like a badge of honor in a sense too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think a lot of it nowadays, just being able to tune out cultural things and being like, yeah, of course, I believe, you know, that I'm not, I'm not at home every single day eating, you know, bags of Doritos. But if I wanted to, well, that's my fucking choice too. But now it's just more, I try to tune into how do I feel? Yeah. Am I, do I, I have that energy or do I not? I don't know. Or do I, cause I feel great when I am active and I definitely notice that shift when I'm not. I think a lot of it has to do too with learning to not compare yourself to other people, which now with like, um, social media and everything, that's like a huge thing. Like I even find myself like going through social media and, you know, like I'll look at fitness people on Instagram and stuff and, Oh, you know, I want to look like that. Oh, like that's like my goal, whatever. But again, like everyone's body is different and I have to remind myself from time to time to not compare myself and to just like set my own goals and, you know, take it goal by goal. And with me being back in the gym, Lately, I've been accepting with how my body is becoming like with how I've decided to start lifting. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to look like this certain person on Instagram if I'm lifting the same way that they are because their body's going to handle it differently than mine is. I noticed you pointed at your sister. Is it because she reminds you of Kim Kardashian or? <laughs> no, I, I'm like, I, I'll take Kim Kardashian's the, money. The Italian no, 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 no. in me is talking, you know what I mean? The hands are going up and down. <laughs> yeah. so. That's another thing too, for sure. So um, I, my dad and I were talking about this this morning is like when you go back, I'm, I'm always curious so I'm, I, if I get the chance to ask parents about how they were raised and if they know how their parents were raised like that watching Mm -hmm. kind of how that progresses. And so have you seen, or do you notice that you speak to your kids differently than how you were spoken to growing up? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did oh, you, yeah. Like, did you catch yourself at all in the beginning talking more like your parents or? Sometimes, I mean, I don't even have kids, but sometimes I'll say things. And I'm like, oh, shit. I sound like my mom. <laughs> yep. So the thing, yeah, I definitely did earlier on. I think um, it's, it's really hard. I do more with my daughter, which is almost embarrassing to admit. I think at first, too. Um and then even now it's just like, well, I even try to just prompt her. Like I never, I never, I don't want to like shame her, but she's also, <laughs> my kids have a big enough age gap where it's almost like they're, they're both first children, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they're both very, very competitive and it's amazing just to see these two like strong forces go against each other because mm. it's very, they will, like they will not, like they're relentless with each other. They compete on everything that you can possibly imagine. I built this Lego set with 800 pieces and I'm only seven years old. You know, when was the first time you did this? Like they're very, <laughs> they, they, they come back a lot. And I think for my youngest, she w- wants to be so much like her brother too, that she will at times, and I'm just speaking about food here too, mm. where if, if they're eating right and, and he's a, he's a teenager. So he eats everything in the freaking house. <laughs> and he's also super active I in have, soccer. He plays me. soccer just like does year round indoors, futsal. Um, he's, it, if I didn't say absolutely no soccer balls in the house, they were, we'd have a destroyed house. He, every, anything that's sphere shaped, he goes for and he's kicking it or he's anything. He yeah. And on the he's ground, like, he'll just start kicking. Yep, and he has every single stat you can imagine. He knows everything about every player. And I mean, every freaking player and where, mm. what team they play, what division they, he's just a little genius when it comes to that. And will with food, if I serve him something or if he's getting food, well, he's having that, then I want it. Or how come he has more and I don't have more? So I spend a lot of time with her just cueing her, like, check in with your body. Do you, Are you hungry? You know, what was the last time you ate? And I make it more of a healthy approach. Like, if we're going to be eating, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. about you. Or if I make a comment, I try to be cautious how many comments I make. Mm. Because I can be very self-critical about myself. And I have to remember that she's an earshot. Or, you know, she can, or yeah. Hear, yeah, she can hear I- this. Mm-hmm. That and just very much I prompt her to just say, you know, like, hey, I don't know about you, but like, or I've had a lot of pasta today if I make that comment. And she says, oh yeah, me too. Let's make sure we try to have a salad tonight or some sort of veggies. So like, let's make sure we're getting our veggies. I just try to make it more of a health. The way you approach it is is different different, than shame Mm -hmm. for sure. It's interesting because like uh, Hugh and Lenin are are and were super fucking active. Like Mm -hmm. entire childhood. He only just recently stopped running because he's having some back issues. But yeah. I mean, 40 years of fucking running three miles a day is just insane. So like, yeah, (laughs) props Um, to them. But I, so over, you know, quarantine and all that stuff, obviously gaining weight and, uh, Kim and I would just say like, God, I'm fucking fat. And like, I need to, we need to start doing this. And we started noticing Layla would like, poke her stomach out and be like, oh, I'm so fat. Yeah. Like, they hear Shit. everything. Yep. That, and she's young enough to where like, we got to fucking nip this in the butt mm-hmm. now. Cause mm-hmm. that is a dangerous road to go down. But yeah, just like you were saying, it sucks. It's so hard because when Kim and I say that it's like fairly harmless, we're, yeah. you know, um, self deprecating stuff. Cause I'm a comedian. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, yes. we do stuff like that. And it's, it's a, it's kind of a joke, but it's like, you know, we, we should be doing something. Yeah. But to kids, it sounds like if, if that's the way that I need to grow up, mm-hmm. it can, it can be dangerous. 
This is the interesting thing. I had somebody in one, one of my family members, so not at my mom's side, but call a fat lately. <sighs> or recently, not lately, recently. And I remember, oh my God, it was such a fucking, I, I remember getting torn between wanting to actually physically harm this person for saying that. Mainly because oh, I you guys just figuring out who it was. Yeah, I, she I was did. like, wait, who? who yeah, are and about? said it to her, and this is, and I immediately was like, "What? You're crazy!" Because she was right there, and I could just see her face. Like oh, I actually yeah. choke up when I hear when I think about this because yeah. it's just like, "Fuck!" I don't want her to go through that same yeah, thing. Yeah, you don't want to shame them, right? And so I remember I was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Look, she's muscle and she's active and she's running." Both of my kids are so freaking active. They have never been just on like watching TV. Like they mm-hmm. are constantly wanting to go outside. I'm so grateful for that. Like they will fight like about like, well, how come we can't go to the park at 9 p.m.? And I'm like, you guys, please, we've been out all day, you know, like cut me some slack yeah. here. But they're very, very active. And I love that. And and when this comment was made, I immediately like looked at her and I was like, what? And I turned to this individual. I'm like, he's crazy. Don't you think he's crazy? And she's like, yeah, yeah he's crazy. And I'm, mus- I'm muscular. And yeah. you're always active. Like psh, tell him to shut up or tell him to mind his business. And like a week later I was downstairs getting ready and she loves to be wherever I am. Right. Like in the bathroom, getting ready, whatever. And she's like, um, (laughs) and she likes to know that she's the only one that can come in the bathroom when I'm in the bathroom because we're both women, you know, we're Mm -hmm. both, we, whatever. Um, and she said to me, she goes, mom, she goes, am I fat? And I was fucking mad. And I remember I got down on my hands and knees and I looked at her. I was like, you are not fat. You are, and I'm like, you, you know, and I said, and, and some people grow, grow differently. And I can't remember because I remember just being like super overwhelmed with emotion at yeah. that time and just telling her like, no, you're muscular. Like, look at how muscular, like, let me see these muscles. And, you know, you run you and you do this. And confidence. Exactly. And that's yeah. what I, I, I felt like this huge rush of emotions coming back and just remembering, like, I don't want her to feel the same way that I did. I don't mm-hmm. want her to feel like she's different or that there's something wrong with her that she yes. has to she's change. built different. Right. Or, and I didn't, yeah. and that like, yeah, that really, that's a tough conversation to have with her because I, I think it's hard to as girls too, especially yeah. as they get older. I mean, girls can be vicious. Right. And yeah. so I think starting them young to understand. Yeah, they are, you know, not to compare yourself to others and mm-hmm. to, yeah. And then you're just crossing your fingers that whoever they go to school with, their parents aren't pieces of shit. And well, right. that's, yeah, probably going to happen that's that too, unfortunately. something that's obviously out of yeah. our control. But Yeah, that's something I was just talking about that last night with my friend. Like, we we do all of these loving things for our kids and we're like, fuck, I hope. I know, right? <laughs> Why aren't other people working this yeah. hard? See, this yeah. is so funny because my son recently went through something at school. And like, so you tell your kids, like, you know, be the bigger person. Like, don't, you know, always root for the underdog. And I take pride in the fact that my son has done that before. Like, I don't care what other people say. This Not kid's to be cool. The bully this kid's and nice, to, like, right? Take him under your But wing. then when the tables are turned, right? And your kid becomes like the target. Not even like the target, but like... A, a, the target for like one situation or a couple situations, yeah. it's hard to not be like, this is how you're going to get back at this little fucker. Oh my God. It's yeah. hard to not take like the role change right. and be like, tell him this or the next time he says this or whatever. And it's, it's, it's such a weird dialect because yes. you're like, you want your kid to, to learn something yeah. or to take the but higher also road. Stand up for themselves but also too. be able to fucking yeah. demolish somebody who yeah. even tries to hurt his feelings. Yeah. Or yeah. I, it, yeah. It's definitely a mind fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not <laughs> fun. No, it's not. <laughs> um, so I mean, so you have this this different approach to to your your children's, mm-hmm. and it's fantastical. Um, has your like 
does your mom <laughs> make comments about how you're raising your kids? Like, God, yeah, there's <laughs> such a big there. Oh my gosh, yes. So, <sighs> sexism. So, <laughs> is the only male. Not now. He now he's not, but he was the only male for a very very long time. And she would make a lot of excuses for him, if that makes sense. So mm. in front of me, so she would very much, and not intentionally, but she would say, leave him, a, he's fine. You know, he can do this and this, let the boy do this and he's okay. And don't, um, she very much put him up, if you will, like on, on a pedestal mm. to an extent because, well, he was a male and he was the first male in the first family born, yeah. for a very, very long time. And so that's that old generation for sure coming in. Interesting. Um, but she will for she has never ever shamed my kids about their weight or about their achievements anything at all she's always been their biggest cheerleader which is yeah. another mind fuck as a child being like why could you be like this when we were <laughs> i think she's yeah obviously we were younger, changed a little bit yeah she's for that aspect she's definitely more understanding you know we were spanked and my kids weren't Luca, maybe a couple of times he was younger, just yeah. like a pat in the butt or whatever, but my kids are not. And, um, the family members that do in our family spank still, it bothers her. Interesting. It very, very much bothers her. She doesn't like it at all. She doesn't, um, yep. She, it's one of her, she said it before one too. Like I really wish, she I wish I didn't. She didn't do. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's been some big, big changes with her too. That's that happened with with Hugh and Lenine too is because uh, they beat the shit out of us. <laughs> but were you spanked? No, we were fucking beaten. That's what happened. Okay? Until you can have a diamond ring, like a big, like old, like Florentine ring. Yeah, like ring, like on the side of your face for a good couple hours. You anytime she'd get close, we'd like put our arms up in front of her face. Put your arms down. I watched one of my brothers get don- like donkey kicked one time. I was like, oh my god. Oh yeah, we got backhanded. Those hands <laughs> were flying, and you yeah. hope to God she didn't have rings on. Yeah. She. But yeah, it's interesting. They because when you have that degree of separation, and they don't, they don't. You're not sleep deprived anymore. You're not all of these things that come with being a parent. Mm-hmm. And so when they see these, these kids, they're like, they're the best. They're mm-hmm. perfect. There's so much fun. All of mm-hmm. these things. So their concept of like, Oh, they don't do anything wrong. They're, they're awesome. They're a hoot when they're here. Mm-hmm. So when they see us like get upset, mm-hmm. my mom, especially is like, no, no, Hey, just, yeah. I'm like, yeah. they to- have a, <laughs> they have a sweet side for their grandkids. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Presents, Christmas. Oh yeah. my God. But I more meant on your side, like, did she try to like uh, drive what type of parent you need to be in? So like, was there, were there criticisms at, for you as a mother? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Even I think of our she other sister to too. She to them all the time. Yeah. Either That's... other sister too. Like, there's... <laughs> Bless my and other sister. She's Ka- so fucking yeah, Ka- resilient. Like again with her, she, you know, takes it with a grain of salt with what mom says and in one ear and out the other. Yeah. So. My mom is not a slow person. She's never done anything slow. Uh, she's always, she's very much like me too. We're just go, 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 yeah. go, go. So it will bother her if she sees somebody taking their time and she feels like there's a sense of rush of a sense of urgency. Yeah, yeah, Does that yeah. Make yeah. Sense? Take over. She tries to take over or she very, um, she's got this fucking fear of people choking. Oh my God. <laughs> so with parenting, she will say things and she'll say it in Italian so that our significant others don't hear. <laughs> yeah. And they don't understand. Yes. That's another thing too that she does. So she will, she very much like how we cut 
baby's food's oh, up. Oh, honey, don't you think that piece is, is too big? big. Like, he's going to choke on it. And then when you don't respond, right, when you don't take the bait, then the passive aggressive comes out. Yeah. If the baby, like, <clears throat> coughs, she's like, see, I knew it. He's going to choke. He's going to choke. He's going to choke. Um, yeah, more like more like when they're younger. Not so much, more when they're like they're babies. Not so much when it comes to, like, rearing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, you know, no. She does... She will at times say things to my son because she very much believes in like having chores and structure and, uh. and, you know, rather than becoming entitled to, mm-hmm. we all had jobs when we were like 14, 15 and we worked throughout, we paid for certain, you know, car insurance. There was definitely something that we were working for, working towards sure. responsibility. So she doesn't like to see that. So if my son is, um, if my significant other asks him to do something and he's like, yeah, I will. Oh, she's like, like, no, your father <laughs> asked you to do something. Uh-huh. Get off your ass and go and do it yeah. as you're playing on your iPhone. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like you need to. So yeah. she cares. She makes comments more about that, but not about. I think she's happy with how. Yeah, I think she's happy with how. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Baby stuff. No, she. <laughs> I think with her working her in the hospital, she sees things, oh. you know, so she's always had this fear of, you know, they're too close to the stairs or she's going to choke on Watch this. Watch the baby. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh my God. I'm, I'm terrible with stairs. So yeah. I love, obviously love babies. And so, and because we had our kids young, we would bring our kids to everything because mm-hmm. it's like, we're not going to fucking miss out. And yeah. there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to bring our kids. That's one thing I like about the Italian culture too. You bring your kids where you go, your kids yeah. go. And there's yeah. no yeah. ifs, ands, and buts about it. There's usually a group of kids you pay with the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so like, but because we, we, we had Landon earlier than the rest of our friends, once they started to have kids, that's when they wanted to come over. Cause they were like, Oh, you guys knew how to do this thing. But I cannot get over stairs. Like I'm always, so I'll be talking to somebody, but like leaning towards and they're like, what are you, what's going on? I'm like, oh, I just paying attention stairs. to the stairs. I'm yeah. sorry. And <laughs> I feel bad. Like, I hope people don't think that like, I'm like judging them. It's, I just can't get that fucking yeah, yeah, sense out of my head. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's the worst feeling. Cause when a kid gets hurt, they think that this is forever. They're like, yeah. this is my life now. I'm yeah. crippled. My arm's going to fall off. Right. And so it's just heartbreaking when Cause it's so hard to explain. Like it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Just we'll do this. We'll do that. And especially when they're itty bitty, that yeah. could, that could they, sh- shoot the whole night down. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, when they first start walking, that's what like as an aunt, you know, our youngest, um, because niece, of soccer is your first reaction no. to put a foot in like, Slice oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get nervous when they first start walking because you know, they, don't lift their feet as high on like certain parts of the ground, like in the house, like if there's little like divots or um, in between floors, I get nervous that they're going to trip over the smallest thing. So I'm always like right behind them. And, (laughs) you know, my sisters, they're used to it because they've had so many kids, but I still (laughs) have this fear of them falling. And so I'm always like, aren't you guys going to be right there to watch them? And they're like, Oh no, they're fine. I'm just, I feel, I feel so bad even if they just trip. You know, yeah, yeah. that's why I see. I'm the same way with yeah. that. Even though I've had two kids, I've been around kids like my entire life. Mm-hmm. I cannot, <laughs> I can't shake that feeling. Yeah, 
of them yeah. falling and water. Terrifying. Water is the biggest thing, I think, too. For me, water is the biggest thing. But my Same mom is mom. just, yeah. Yeah, she's scared with water. Too. But Chris, like we're talking about like a water slide and she's like, oh, <laughs> no, you know, like this is like a whole other level of, of or my mom. even us at our age it was last summer we were at a cabin and we were on a pontoon and <laughs> she's the only one on the pontoon wearing a life jacket. Okay. We had and the life jackets with us. Like we were holding them. You know, you legally oh, have to yeah. have you them have on to, the boat. Yeah. Or do we had them on? And no, she's we had like, them on and she No. She she was like, You guys are gonna wear your life jacket. We definitely had them like, on I'm because the kids were there jacket. and we wanted to be a positive oh, role, yeah. role model for the well, kids. I didn't. Well then you're the outsider. <laughs> but she had her what she was upset about was that the baby was on the boat. Ah. And it was nighttime. It was starting to get dark out. It must have been one of the nights I wasn't there then. But though, because I only came out, came up one night and the day that we were out on the pontoon, like I was jumping in the lake without a life jacket and oh, she yeah. was freaking That's out. Right. I was like, mom, I know how to swim. Like nothing's going to grab me in the lake. Yeah. Pull me down. I'm fine. I, I just learned this. Um, I don't know, maybe like a month or two ago. There's a, a phobia with large bodies of water. So the larger the body of water in my fucking crazy mind the larger whatever creature is hiding in the water yeah, i don't like to be. think about that stuff <laughs> I just, it's so irrational because there's yeah. no like yeah. giant whale or shark or right, anything in the lake right. but i can't help it yeah so I'm like, especially if you can't see the bottom like i obviously always enjoy swimming in a pool yeah more than i would like the lake or something yeah so like when they're here mm-hmm. I, i'm not i'm mm-hmm. not afraid at all but as soon as they hit the lake i'm like god yeah, because there's also, yeah. especially if you can't see like an end in sight, right? If it's just like this wide open space. But she also has had, she has a lot of experiences. She's, you know, had, she's Again, lost friends. She's with the surgery. She's worked in the, in the ED. You know, she mm. see everything. Oh, okay. She's okay, seen yeah. like the worst of the worst. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that, that has something to do with it too. But yeah, baby stuff. Well, the baby's going to have to get used to people moving around. We can't all be quiet because mm-hmm. the baby needs to sleep. Yes. You know, we can't. The baby's going to have to be quiet used to it. I'm trying to sleep. She doesn't <laughs> care to be quiet unless she's the one to sleep. Yeah. But when she wants to sleep, the woman's got headphones. Well, no I, I, I forget. Did, did you and I? I forget if we talked about this or not. But um, learning that when they're younger, to not whisper. Yeah, because you want them to get used to yeah, noises yeah, yeah. and stuff. I, I think, think she's getting a better with it, but she. You know, she used to be like quiet, quiet, but now with it's like, oh yeah, talk how normal. How's the youngest now. one now? A one? Yeah. Holy cannoli! Goes by so fast. And that's child number five for three. Three. God, she wishes. <laughs> she wishes that. It's really fun to watch just those two. I don't yeah. know if the fourth one's gonna come along. I don't know. <laughs> watch it just be six in like five years, and we'll just like freaking knew it. That. Yeah. What things, um, we'll, we'll start with you, L. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, what things like helped you kind of get over? Cause I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety and, um, usually a lot of anger too, that comes with being raised in that kind of environment mm-hmm. and having that shit put on you. So what advice do you have for people or what things helped you, uh, to kind of, get where you're at i'm sure you're not done growing and you know i fucking hope not <laughs> not that old and learning but um yeah what what, what things have like have with helped. parenting you mean or well, like with, with parenting well in your mentals we like to say the mentals um because 
if you are hyper focusing on making sure everybody else is okay, Mm -hmm. when you're alone for an hour and there's nothing to do, all that shit can like cycle back in and you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot I'm actually super anxious or you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm a firm believer in mental health, though, too. So, I mean, I do. I think that I know there's a lot of like cliche metaphors that are out there like you have to put your gas mask on or, you know, you actually might freaking help others, too. But really, it really comes down to like your reservoir just being empty, I Uh think, too. And just recognizing that, yeah, you can be there to help other people. You can do as much as you can. But at the same time, you need to take care of yourself, too. I think with I think with God, I'm trying to figure out how to I think if I were to make it about helping. Well, what things help you personally? Like with my mom or just like everything in general, but like just my personality and what so, I've done. Like how you stre- handle yeah, it? Yeah, like stress, anxiety, things like that. It doesn't matter where it comes from. I know that there's different sources where that shit can come from yeah what things like help bring you down or make it so that you're not bringing it home and it's affecting the kids does does that make more sense yeah well I think in terms of my relationships like the differences between my mom and myself like in my childhood or how she parented I think I think repair needs to happen I think if it's a relationship that you value and I have had those heart-to-hearts with my mom before too like those conversations where it really bothered me when you did this when I was younger or I really wish and even just to hear like that genuine conversation from her those words from her just being like look I get it. You know, like this is why I don't want you guys to spank your kids or this is why I do the things that I do right now. It's because I I recognized along like my journey as a mom, right? That this mm-hmm. wasn't this wasn't working for you or this wasn't what what, what you needed. And I recognize that there's some resentment or some anger or some some bitterness lying underneath of that. And I really wish I would have done things differently. So not yeah. even like I should have. It's just I really wish that I would have done things differently. And now this is why I want you guys to not do this or not repeat this. Okay. Yeah. So even like that conversation with her was super helpful just to, to to let go of some of that stuff. We're like, God, I can't believe she fucking did that. Or I would never raise somebody this way. Or I would never get into like a boxing match with a child, you know, or an adolescent yeah. over something because that's not going to teach shit. That's just going to cause the further widen the gap if you will but having conversations with her and making those repairs and then at the same time just recognizing that if I do at times need support and I do need that time either alone or I need that help from mental health or from um, just to refill my reservoir too so that I can not burn out in life in general yeah so, so or in, let it impact my relationship with my significant other or my children. So like advocating for yourself and it seems like like reconciliation and like closure or big worth things it. for you. Yeah. If it's worth other people if if you really like reflect back on that relationship and you and you think yeah, it this is definitely a relationship I want to keep, I think repair is essential absolutely. Wow. And if not then do you meditate or anything? I practice mindfulness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do daily practices of mindfulness. I've got my own stuff. I do like to switch it up. Yeah. So back to you, Elevin. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So the, the things that you saw growing up, I mean, it sounds like you have like a fairly strong approach to things, but I'm sure that there are certain buttons that people can hit that make you feel like insecure. Yeah. Or maybe used to. Yeah. What does make you feel insecure? That's a good question. I don't know. See, I think you're in a... Well, that's... So are you a little more reserved with the, the feels? Um... I notice you keep looking at her right here. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm very open, obviously. I no, t- yeah. I. It's not that I'm not open. I just... I don't know. Sometimes I, like... When I get asked questions, I don't know how to, like exactly answer it i guess i don't know 
I know what you're insecure about. I got it. Is it your massive penis? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, well, what would you say? I feel like... I think your generation... This is just me, though, so I don't want you to take this answer, yeah. but I think that you are... I think being your age is a really, really fucking tough time right now because I think that just given like the state that the world's in right now, I think that you see you've got a huge portion of people that are getting married, right? Yeah. And then you've got the other uh. portion who are very much like career oriented, right? And I don't, not so, not to say that nobody is in between or can have both, but. I think what, and I can agree with that, insecure about like where I am in my life, I guess, at my age compared to like my friends and stuff. I kind of feel like I'm behind, if you would say. But at the same time, I try to remind myself that there's really no time, like limit on things, you know? Yeah. Um, I am looking at going back to school. I obviously don't know exactly what I want to do, which is super hard when you're at this age, you don't, you know, you feel like you should already have like your degree job or whatever. Sure. So I think that's definitely something that I struggle with. But again, I just remind myself that, you know, I'll figure it out when I'm ready. And I think that's also hard with my mom because she does push me. You know, like, when are you going to go back to school? All this kind of stuff. And I don't want to force myself to go back to school when I don't know exactly what I want to do. Because, you know, I was in college for a couple years, three, four years, and it wasn't what I actually wanted to do. So I wasted all my money going to school for something that I wasn't 100% passionate about. And so I was, you know, I've been on a break about it going back. And now when I do go back, I want to make sure that I'm 100%. Yeah like wanting to do what I'm going back for because I don't want to waste any more time and money on it because it is expensive. So you, you look for like the like personal value in situations like what, you know, if I submit myself to this thing, how is it actually going to help me or is it going to make things worse? Like, does that make sense? So like when you're thinking about school and the pressure from your mom, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I could appease and relieve this pressure right now. Right. But it's yeah. only going to cause more shit later if I'm not. It just would cause me more stress. Yeah. And like I, I already am stressed as is trying to figure out exactly what I want to do. Um, and so if I were to just be like, OK, you know, like I'll, I'll go back for this if that's what's going to make her happy. Mm-hmm. But I already tried doing that when I went to college at first and it didn't work out because yeah. it's not what I wanted to do. It's not what made me happy. Yeah. And I think she struggles with that, too, a little bit with understanding that I have to do what I want to do. It's my life. And mm-hmm. yeah, she, she always wants to kind of be, yeah. be in control still a little bit. But. So it seems like you have, you have a pretty good grip on like self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that makes more sense now is to like, when you're trying to search or what, like when I'm trying to search for like insecurities and, and these, you know, maybe stressful things, like it, you seem to have a pretty good awareness of like, well, I, I know I don't need to do that right now, or I right. know that I can be confident in doing this thing. And so that's, I mean, that's a good thing to have for sure. I don't know how to explain to people like when that happens. Cause it seemed like it kind of happened naturally for you at a certain point, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, or I don't know, did you go to like therapy or anything like that? No, nah, I didn't think so. No, I think, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like you've got your shit together. It's basically what Chris is saying. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't mean I'm like joking. that. I mean I'm more in joking. the sense that like sometimes 
things just make sense and you just move forward with this new acquired knowledge. Right. So like with this new understanding of, I don't really need to like look this certain way. Right. I can look however I want. And when it just clicks. Yeah. You start to understand it yourself. Yeah. So, but I guess you, you could say, um, just searching for that, um, self-confidence. So what are the things that make you confident and what are the things that are not stressing you out and how can you utilize those things to, I'm, I'm taking your experience and I'm mansplaining for people because mm-hmm. I'm a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or I just, I always try to like leave like a, 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 something of value for people to how, how can they apply it to their own lives? And it sounds like they could join a soccer league. I think can I just say one. Let me just say you can you can edit this. You can edit this. No, you're not. Don't say that. That's not true. That's you shitting on yourself. Yeah, don't shit on yourself. I think that's my job. I think that has been one of those just personality wise where you did listen to what you're told a lot Mm -hmm. growing up. Like Uh she did with my mom, right? Like you know, or you should do this, or why don't you go and do this, and you should do this. I think that reached the same kind of stage where our other sister has been at her whole entire life of the no fuck it I'm putting myself first now this is what I want to do this is how I'm going to do it I don't know yet what I want to do and everyone else is coming at me and giving me pressure at the fact that I'm however old I am Mm -hmm. and they might be doing these things and in life I think she feels it at times because we have those conversations where she's like shit you know I don't know what I want to do and it's like you got to figure it out like what can you do that it's going to help you pull out some of the things you value or some of the things that you want to do or that you think would fit for you I think her biggest thing is I think she knows what she wants to do. I think she's awesome at it. And I think that there's this whole other end to where you're going to be winging on your own for a while. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to have to really be, you know, I think that she wants to move out of my mom's. And I don't think that that can happen with with doing what it is that she wants to do at first. I think it's going to take some time. I think she feels a sense of urgency with my mom. And I think that's a lot. And then she doesn't want to be as home as much because there is this big sense of urgency that comes from my mom. So she's away. And my mom views that as her, that as her just that I'm not like, or not giving, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's this and huge. And I don't really talk to her very much about like my mind process of how I'm handling it or like me actually like doing my research about things that I'm interested in and like going back to school. And I usually talk to about it just because have you tried talking to her about like how it makes you feel yeah when yeah and i and i've told her before like because she'll bring it up to me she'll ask me (laughs) you know uh when are you going back to school or what do you you know have you been looking into it are you gonna go and you know when i do talk to her about it we end up butting heads i just end up arguing with her because again i know it comes out of a place of love with her but she she'll end up like saying things that I just get frustrated with and I don't want to sit there and explain myself Mm -hmm. because I think she does have a hard time understanding how I'm like handling it, how I'm taking it step by step and what I'm doing to figure out to go back to school for. And again, like what I'm truly passionate about is cosmetology. And that's what I really wanted to go to school for right out of high school. And she was not for it. Mm. Uh, my oldest sister does cosmetology and she's kind of struggled with it. And so she saw that growing up and she didn't want to pay for me to go to school for cosmetology. Um, but what she doesn't understand when you're in that career, you really have to put yourself out there through like social media mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. clientele stuff. Um 
So now it's harder to go back to school for that when I'm working full time. I would have to completely stop working and then I would feel like I would have to rely on her for financial stuff. Yeah. Whereas, you know, when you're fresh out of high school, it's okay to rely on your parents, obviously, for them to be paying for your school or, you know, other stuff outside of school. So I think that's what is hard for me. It's like if I go back now, it's figuring out all these other things that are more stress. Sometimes our mom doesn't give a fuck about our feelings. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes like that's just too bad. You're going to need to suck it up and do it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. Well, I think you're both feckin' awesome. And (laughs) this is a lot of fun. I would love to do this again, like let's and get like more topical with shit. Yeah, because like, yeah. you and I share. I mean, you're yeah. okay. Uh, and, <laughs> no, but like, I think that that's Appreciate a great idea. That. Like looking back at all of this and just pay, like as you're hearing, like just like these brief, like little stories too, or like little little parts of our life with just mm-hmm. culture too, or even if there's, yeah, even sibling, if you want to do it that route too. I mean, as you're listening through this too, if you find something that you're like, yeah, I can generate a lot of questions from this, or this is really going to seem interesting. Let us know. Oh, I I've mean, been, I've been holding come, back because we're almost at two hours. Okay, I, yeah, I don't wanna... <laughs> yeah. Then let's. Then I mean, I'm okay with it if you're okay with yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Cool. And we'll have to absolutely. Yeah, anyway, and, um, and you're a good family friend, and you yeah, know, my mom likes the Duke. Sometimes she, loves the Duke. <laughs> sometimes she thinks that your brother's a little asshole. She says it, but I mean, <laughs> she, she, yeah, she likes the Dukes a lot. So well, rad. You guys are awesome. Is there anything you want to leave people with? Is there anything pressing for you? Like at this moment in time, I still want to be political right now, but I'm not. Gonna do <laughs> well, you're anonymous. Give fire. I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if you air this, I mean, but if like even pulling from that, uh, no, I'm just that the virus is fucking real and climate change is real. I'm so Jeez, pissed yeah. off about a lot of stuff going on right now. It's a huge mm-hmm. source of my anxiety. And the the vaccine is a microchip. And oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's right. But yeah. it's cool because you'll be able to pay with your amazon card right yeah. from your microchip <laughs> yeah your keys will stick to your arm if you no i out. feel you on that there's i guess the conspiracy shit is just so out of control i mean i saw that sign um that said trump and uh what is it john kennedy or one of the kennedy brothers that's fucking dead john f kennedy i mean a lot of most of them are dead there, it's the one that died afterwards though oh uh robert yeah uh, maybe I can't remember, but he's a dead guy. And there's <laughs> yeah. a sign that says Trump and so and so 2024. So there's a conspiracy. Oh, yeah, I saw that. But it was like about? 2024. It's like, that's not an election year. People are like, well, it is. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's not. I've seen those clips before. Those are funny. It's like 2024 is not a. Or no, it was, no, it was something like 2022. That's oh. what it said. And I was like, that's not an election year. The for, the one, the big one that uh, that we saw on the, I wish I could remember where 52. it was, but the, uh, yeah, it's on 52. You can see it on the way down here. It's a huge fucking sign. It's just like, well, I don't understand how you even get to there. But anyways, we could get on the topic of conspiracy theories <laughs> and why people believe it. It's like a lot. It's a huge oh, yeah, yeah, form yeah. of protection. We could definitely do that if you wanted to. There's that would be dope. A lot of data around it. Okay. Uh, what soccer team should people be following? Um, that would be something you'd want to ask my nephew. <laughs> um, I loved playing the sport, but I was never really into watching it as oh, much. Oh, really? I mean, I feel like I did growing up more, you know, with teammates and stuff, but it's definitely powerhouse. A nerd about that, which is great. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you guys are awesome. Thank yeah. you again for doing this. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. And uh, to the listeners, make sure you're um, subscribed so you can get these weekly every Wednesday. And be well to yourselves. Mm-hmm.